He leads me. When I was discerning the priesthood before seminary, I wanted to do God's will. I wanted to do God's will, period. And in my heart, I, I had a desire to be married. I was dating a girl. And I found a lot of peace and a lot of excitement with that. But as I kept praying more, going before the Lord, I, I noticed an even deeper peace. You could say a, a greater peace that was subtle, that was clear. It was almost like it was almost like I passed through a doorway to an area in my soul of deeper peace where God was inviting me to priesthood. One of the questions I hear a lot from college students is, how do I recognize God's voice? Like, I don't, I don't hear his voice, which is, is actually very rare. There are some people who, like, I heard God say to me this, or I heard a voice. I'm like, wow. When I hear voices, they want to give me medication, you know? Like, I don't... <laughs> like, even if you hear a voice, you still want to, like, test it, as St. Paul says. But, but hearing the Lord's voice, is, it's different than hearing a voice. It's, it's actually God, like, working within us. It's not our own voice, but it's, it's like my own thoughts. But there, there's something different about that. that. That recognizing God's voice, it's related to prayer. Um, some people, a lot of times... If, we're, if we don't pray a lot, sometimes it's because we're not happy about what's happening in our prayer or, or happy when we're quiet. I heard, this, I heard this teacher say recently that she was encouraging her students to practice silence. Uh, you know, turn off the music, take out the, the you know, earbuds. And this student said to her, I, I don't like my own thoughts. They're scary. I, I think there's... Some of us maybe have experienced that at times, that, that when we're, we're quiet in our life, or maybe when we don't have something to do, it makes us very anxious. That we, we've lost the ability to be quiet, to listen, but it's, it's in that silence that we notice the Lord's subtle movements. And so it, it's something that can be recovered, it's something that can be practiced, but it, it takes, takes time. There's no substitute for quiet. I've been, I was, you know, I'm taking classes at, and I'm writing a paper, and so I spent like six hours yesterday writing this paper, and then I'm like, I went into the chapel to pray, and man, my mind was still racing that fast. And it took me like a half an hour to even just calm down and just be present to where I was. You know what I mean? And so it, it, it takes intentionality to become present to ourselves, which is also to become present to the Lord working within us. A saint who helps us to recognize God's voice is St. Ignatius of Loyola. He, he writes about the rules of discernment, which is really, I think, about recognizing God's voice. There's the God's voice, which is a, a voice of consolation, and the evil one's voice of, of desolation. So 
God's voice, what what does God's voice sound like within us? It's a voice that's gentle. It's kind. It's clear. It's inviting. It's peaceful. Loving. It's trusting. There's a a surrender that it involves an invitation to greater faith, hope, and love. When you compare that to the evil one's voice, the evil one's voice is harsh, is abrupt. The evil one's voice is definitive. It has to be this way. It's, it's black or white. And, and the evil one's voice is also about just take it. Just take power into your own hands. Don't, don't surrender. Don't trust other people. You have to do this yourself. So God invites us to be, well, I'll say the evil one, evil one wants us to be closed off, prideful, I don't need that, and, and kind of not receptive. God invites us to, to receive. God invites us to go on a path of greater trust, greater humility, greater openness. And, and what's beautiful about God's voice is that it's so freeing that if I choose to go this way, God says, that's okay. Like my sin, when I sin, God doesn't love me any less. What changes is my ability to receive his love. When I sin, God doesn't love me any less. So if I feel less lovable, that voice is not from God. And it makes sense that sin, sin closes us off so we can't receive that, that love and gentleness of God. So that, that's one way to kind of recognize his voice. In our, in our first reading today, Peter speaks the good news about Jesus. And what's beautiful is the people respond, what are we to do? There, there's a humility like, you got, he, Peter's saying like, you guys killed Jesus. And they're like, Sorry. Uh, And then they say, like, well, what do we do now? And he's saying, repent and be baptized. And then it says 3,000 people responded and were baptized. That that no matter what I've done yesterday, that Jesus invites me to turn now to him. And and so there's a humility. There's there's a responsiveness. It's kind of like, you know, during Lent, the church invites us to Pray, fast, and give alms. It's it's inviting us as a way to turn back. We don't have to. You actually have to be humble to do those things. But if if we're seeking God, if I want to hear his voice, well, the the means, it's right there for us. And and that's, that's kind of the Catholic way. The Catholic way is, all right, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, I've tried to do it my way, I can't do it on my own. Your salvation is from you. I, I need your grace. I need, I need the Eucharist. I need Sunday Mass to be reminded that you're God and I'm not. And so what do we do? We, we turn to Christ and we follow him. What's beautiful about Christ is he never calls us to go somewhere that he's not. That, that by following him, he actually leads the way. And so in our second reading, we hear this 
You know, for, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. If you are patient when you suffer for doing what is good, this is a grace before God. When he was insulted, he returned no insult. When he suffered, he did not threaten. Instead, he handed himself over to the one who judges justly. That Jesus doesn't ask us to do anything or to walk any path that he has not walked himself. And so there, there's a humility to, to follow where Jesus calls us. In our gospel, Jesus says he walks ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. That we, we follow Jesus. We take up our cross and we follow him. That sometimes... Where Jesus leads is not easy. It involves incredible faith and trust, but it's better. Like the, the end of our gospel is one of my favorite scripture verses. It's worth memorizing. John 10.10. 10. I came so that they might have life and have it more abundantly. That Jesus isn't just asking us to follow. He's not just playing follow the leader for the sake of follow the leader. He's saying, follow the leader because this is the path to eternal beatitude. This is, this is the path to happiness, not just in heaven, but even here now on earth. That following Jesus now on earth, I'm actually going to find greater peace, greater freedom here now. I, I look back on God's patience with me and, and me, me being willing to let go of marriage and and having a family and all that, and, and receiving priesthood, that following Christ into priesthood has been the greatest blessing of my life. That, that I, I see God at work more now than I've ever seen. That there's incredible peace and freedom, and, and yet he invites me every day to take up my cross and to keep, to keep following him. And, and the more I turn to him, that the easier it is to hear his voice. This psalm that we have today, Psalm 23, highlighting the Good Shepherd, it has new meaning for me now versus three weeks ago. I've always loved it, but as you, as you may know, uh, my father passed away on April 17th, and I was able to be there. Thankfully, we could kind of see that, okay, it's happening, he stopped drinking water, and so I was like, all right, then I'm going to just be here, be here with my mom and just be here his last days. And I was able to hold his hand when he, when he took his last breaths. In that moment, uh, I said, let's, mom, let's just say a Hail Mary, because what do we pray in the Hail Mary? Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. So that's a great prayer to pray. And then I, I said, let me go even though I was just wearing, you know, a t-shirt and shorts, I'm like, let me go get my prayer book and stole, and let's pray some of the prayers of commendation for the dying and the dead. And so I got my little prayer book, my little stole, and it was during, I didn't, I've actually never really, I think maybe once I prayed those prayers. Thankfully, I don't do that a lot as a Newman Center chaplain. Um, but, but I didn't realize that in those prayers is Psalm 23. 
And it was in praying that that I noticed that the tears just started coming down my cheeks. And, and I think it was for two reasons. That first, because my dad, who I love, that he was baptized. And he went to Mass pretty much every Sunday. That he received the Eucharist. That he, he trusted in Jesus as his good shepherd. He trusted that God was with him in his good moments and in his bad moments, the difficult ones. And that now that Jesus is his good shepherd to lead him from this life to the next life. But also, that prayer was meaningful for me because I felt like Jesus was letting me know that, that he's the good shepherd. That even though in this moment I'm, I was sad, and this, this is not what I want to happen, that there, there's nothing, well, there's nothing, I'm helpless, we're helpless a lot, but there's nothing more helpless than seeing someone you care about take their last breath and you're powerless to change it. And yet, in that moment, Jesus was inviting me, like, do you trust me? That he was, he was saying, he was showing me, that prayer is reminding me that Jesus is worthy of trust. That, that, that he's inviting me to put my confidence into him and to follow where he's leading. That if he's, if he's leading me into this moment, can I accept it? And I found that there's, there's, there's nothing more consoling and more peaceful than knowing God is with me and, and that he's leading me. And so I'd like to, to close by just praying Psalm 23. And so you're welcome if you want to close your eyes and just receive and just allow, give, give God permission to speak whatever truth and peace into your life that he wants to today. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In verdant pastures he gives me repose. Beside restful waters he leads me. He refreshes my soul. He guides me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil. For you are at my side with your rod and your staff that give me courage. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come.